0: Welcome to A New Testament Journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Acts 9 Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, "'Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me?' "'Who are you, Lord?' Saul asked. "'I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting,' he replied. "'Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do.' The men travelling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes he could see nothing.' I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked isn't the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name and hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by providing that Jesus is Messiah. After many days had gone by there was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill him but Saul learned of their plan. Day and night they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But the followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Hellenistic Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the believers learned of this they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord, and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. As Peter travelled about the country, he went to visit the Lord's people who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, who was paralysed and he had been bedridden for eight years. Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your mat. Immediately Aeneas got up. All those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. In Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek her name was Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time she became sick and died and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Peter went with them and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed turning to all the dead woman he said tabitha get up she opened her eyes and seeing peter she sat up he took her by the hand and helped her to her feet then he called for the believers especially the widows and presented her to them alive this became known all over joppa and many people believed in the lord peter stayed in joppa for some time with a tanner named simon
1: The production of a music album and listening to that music album are very different things. We can listen with a single click, getting a blended sound that is clean and clear. Reading back on Saul's conversion feels like listening to an album. A single narrative comes through in a clean and easy way. A great apostle is turned from terrorist to teacher with the flash of a light. The mission to the Gentiles is born... I used to think that if Holy Spirit was producing an album of God's glory, being part of it would seem straightforward, unambiguous, obvious even. But look how messy the whole thing is. In this chapter, there are so many bit parts all working away in slightly confused acts of obedience. Many of them were oblivious to how they were contributing to the mega-riff of God's glorification. The companions of Saul were speechless and confused, Ananias was confused. The synagogue attendees were confused. The Jerusalem believers were confused. Saul himself was probably baffled as he bounced from blindless to escaping in a basket to being bundled out of Jerusalem. It feels like the PA cables all over the floor, the guys in dark t shirts scuttling around, plugging things in, and multiple musicians stopping and starting their inputs as per the direction of the producer. A huge help to my discipleship has been to learn of the confusion and messiness, the lack of clarity or big picture vision that lingers around the production of Holy Spirit creations. Obedience in the midst of ambiguity is what Jesus uses best. Holy Spirit works in the mess. Saul was Jesus' chosen instrument to carry his name to the Gentiles and their kings but he spent years being bundled around different bunches of the brothers with very little to show for it. You are also Jesus' chosen instrument to carry his name. Holy Spirit will blend beauty and glory through your life if you just stay obedient, if you keep trusting and keep doing what he asks. It might feel all over the place right now, but one day in the coming kingdom, or perhaps before, you'll be able to look back and with a single click, Hear the clean and clear anthem of Jesus' glory the Holy Spirit has produced in your life. Question for reflection. Amid mess and confusion, can you see the hand of God in your life? What is he producing in you?
0: We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.newtestamentjourney.net.